0: Um, What do you do when the promises of God don't work out the way you thought they should? Here we are going into a new year, right? Everybody's going into the new year. We've got all these promises that God has told us over the years. And we're going into this new year looking forward to it and looking for the blessings of God. Well, I have news for you. God's promises don't necessarily work out the way they think you should. So I'm going to set up the story and then we'll look at it. The children of Israel had been promised the promised land from Abraham on. Abraham was told that God was going to give him a promised land. It was going to be flowing with milk and honey. They were going to go in homes they didn't build. They were going to drink water from wells they didn't dig. They were going to have fruit vines and grape vines and olive trees that they didn't plant and they were going to be able to get the fruit off of it. Does that sound like a great promise? Sounds like a wonderful promise, doesn't it? Sounds like, boy, that's almost heaven on earth. I can't wait. Can't wait to get there. Now, we're going to look at a promise. Keep that in mind. The children of Israel are headed into the promised land. But, there's some things that we need to look at when we look at the promises of God. Leviticus, I know, y'all never even heard of Leviticus. <laughs> Leviticus chapter 14, okay? And we're going to be in verse 34. And I'm going to read the first verse, and then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Leviticus 14, 34. When you come into the land of Canaan, which I gave to you for possession, and I get put the plague of leprosy in a house of the land of your possession. Oh, wait a minute. I get to go into this land I get to move into a house that I didn't build. I'm living and drinking the water. And yet, there could be something in that house that could cause me problems. Now, wait a minute. That kind of goes against the promises, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. What God is simply saying is this. Good and bad will happen to anybody. Even if you're claiming the promises of God, bad things can happen to you. God never promised you a life of roses where nothing goes wrong. God never promised you that everything would always fall right into place. Good and bad things happen to people. Now, you have two choices. You move into this house and you're all excited about the house and there's a leprosy on the wall. In other words, there's mole or mildew on the wall. It's green and red, and it runs streaks in the wall. And you go, man, that's just my luck. I got the house with the leprosy. My neighbors didn't get the house with leprosy. I got that. You can do that. And you can feel sorry for yourself. But it doesn't do any good. Okay? Because you still have what? the house with the leprosy. Now you have other two other choices. You can try to hide it. Okay? Or you can do what? Accept it. Now here's the interesting thing. When bad things happen to us, dealing with the promises of God, he always, always gives us a way out. He always gives us a way. It may not be what we desire. It may not be what we plan, but it will be a way out. In this particular incident, if they find it, in verse 35, he that owns the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, It seems to me there is a a plague in the house. And the priest shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes in to see the plague. And that all the house be made unclean, and afterwards the priest shall go in and see the house. And he shall look upon the plague, and behold, if there is a plague be in the walls of the house, with hollow streaks, greenish or reddish, which is slight or lower than the walls, then the priest shall go out of the house of the door and shut the house for seven days. Okay? You have this house, you move into it, and now you have to do what? move out for seven days. Oh, it gets worse. It, it gets a lot worse. Because if the priest comes back in seven days, verse 39, and shall look again, and behold, that the plague is spread in the walls, now seven days, then the priest shall command that they take away the stones, which the plague is, and they shall cast them into unclean places outside the city. And then you shall come in the house to be scraped, Within a roundabout, and they shall pour out dust that they scrape off the wall of the city into the unclean place. So if he comes back seven days later, and the plague is still there, guess what? Now you're starting to remove stones. You're starting to remove walls. You're having to scrape them and take them outside the city. Okay. After another seven days, and now they put in they put in new stones, they put in new mortar in verse 33 verse 43 and if the plague continue again and break out into the house after that he he has taken away the stones and after they have scraped the house and after it is plastered then the priest shall come and look and behold if the plague be spread in the house it is a fretting freddy in the house it is unclean and he shall break down the house and the stones of it and the timbers thereof and all the mortar of the house and he shall carry them forth out of the city and unto an unclean place. Wow! I moved into a house, a brand new house, a house I didn't build, according to the promise of God, and now I've got to tear down the whole entire house. The thing is this. God promises that he's going to bless us. God promises that he's going to watch out for us. God promises that all and everything works together for what? For good to them that love the Lord. Well, how come I got the house I had to tear down? Maybe you can build a better one. How come I got the one that with leprosy? Might... Maybe, just maybe, God do something about the house that you didn't know I want to share with you what God knows about the house that you don't know the Canaanites when they built their houses believed that if they took the blood of their firstborn son and they mixed it with the mortar it would keep the house evil spirits from the house so some of them would kill their firstborn son and mix his blood with the mortar and mix it with the house. It opens up into spiritual worlds. Okay? God did not want them to live in a house with that condition. Okay? He didn't want them to do that. He didn't want them to live under those circumstances. God was trying To still bless them, even though they had to tear the house down. Sometimes God has to tear things down in our lives so that He can bless us. Okay, it's it's just a fact of life. Sometimes we have to go through something so that we know we are blessed. Give you an example. We last, you know, me and Kim have had some interesting times. Her tooth got infected. We drove all day Thursday trying to find a dentist to pull it. We couldn't find one to pull it. Friday, we found a dentist to pull it. She had still the infection. Sunday morning, we wake up, and the infection is so bad she's shaking, so we had to take her to a hospital. Monday, they did surgery, they drained it all. Okay, see the breaking down process. It's be, she's being put in a situation so that me and her both have to depend upon God a little bit more. So me and her both have to seek more of God's guidance so that me and her both can be drawn closer together and closer to God because we're going through all of this stuff as it happens. There's a time, sometimes in your life, that God has to break down things so that you can be blessed. I'll share something with you. And these are some scriptural principles that sometimes we overlook. Jesus never used anything he didn't break. Oh, oh, that's a tough one, isn't it? Remember when he broke the bread and the fishes so he could feed the 5,000 and the 4,000? Remember when they went and got a new, new coat that had never been rodent and Jesus rode it? Are, are you catching on? Do you, do, you, do you remember what the disciples went through? Okay. What about Peter? I will never deny you. What did he do? He had to break him down so that what? He could be used. If we want God to use us and we want to walk in the promises of God, One of the principles that we have to understand is that it will cause us to be broken. It will cause us to come to the end of ourselves so that we have to turn to God because we have nowhere else to turn. God does not use our flesh. God wants us to be so broken that when we come to him, we don't come to him with pride and arrogance and our attitudes we have to come to him totally broken so that he can use us now brokenness is never fun to talk about okay i went through a series of brokenness in my life and i'm going to kind of give you an idea when i was first saved i saw myself as a big pitcher kind of like a vase filled full of water god just filled it full of water and then he broke off an edge of it. And I said, okay, he did that so the water can come in and the water can go out. That's, that, that's cool. I can understand that. And then, then he broke me a little bit more and I saw a vase that had jagged edges sticking up. I said, oh, I know what he's going to do. He, he's going to use me as a, and put me in the enemy's tracks. And then he's going to flatten his tires when he walks over me. Then he broke me up into fine glass. I said, I know what he's going to do. He's going to put me in the enemy's food and I'm going to kill him from the inside out. Woo! And then he took all those pieces of broken glass, scooped them up, and dumped them in the trash. And I realized that I brought nothing to God that he could use until he broke it. Brokenness is when you reach, finally reach the end of yourself And You say, okay, God, I won't say, I won't do anything unless it's by you. I'm going to submit myself totally to you. If you want to take me and stick me on a shelf where nobody ever sees me or hears me or anything, that's fine. If you want to take me and use me, that's fine. But I am not going to dictate to you on how you're going to use me or where you're going to use me or what or what I'm not going to go through. Can, can you imagine the children of Israel running into this place going, I don't want that house. That one's got plague. I'm going to go find me another one. God says, no, that's the house you chose. Well, I didn't choose it. Yes, you did. Everybody come running into the country and all these houses were there that's the one you chose and you chose it because it had a pool and you chose it because it looked nice and you chose it because it appealed to your flesh and you chose it because you liked it better than all the rest of them you made the choice and because of your choice I'm going to have to break it down so that you learn to depend upon me and not yourself isn't that tough? Isn't that a tough thing as a Christian? I mean, we don't like to be broken. Our flesh does not want to be broken. Our flesh wants to rule our lives. Our flesh wants to rule our, our who we are. Our flesh wants to dictate to God what we will or will not do. And God said, I'm sorry. If you're going to serve me, if you're going to honor me, if you're going to follow me, You're going to have to be broken. I know I know a little bit, very little bit, about breaking horses. I I got news for you. A strong-spirited horse is hard to break sometimes. Okay? He just will not be broken. And when he is finally, you don't want to break him so bad that he's not any good. But you want to break him so bad that he knows it's not his will, but your will. There's a fine fine line in there, okay? God wants us broken so that he can use us for his will. He just wants us in line with his will. And boy, it hurts. We don't, we don't like it. I can imagine the guy standing outside his yard going, Man, <laughs> Oh man, I picked the wrong house. It's been promised for thousands of years that we would go into a house flowing with milk and honey. That we would go into a land where all of this stuff is abundant. It's a promise of God. And here I am with an old stinky house. You can look at God's brokenness one of two ways. You can look at it as a necessity evil. And go, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Or you can go into it dragging your feet going, and gripe and complain, and it's still going to happen. Brokenness is still going to happen. In fact, I used to tell the, tell the kids, and I still tell people, you don't know what a lemon has inside of it until you squeeze it. It's very possible that a lemon... Is already rotten inside and you don't know it until you cut it open or until you squeeze it. When God breaks us, we find out what we have inside. When God breaks us, we come to terms with who we are and our relationship with God. When God breaks us, it opens our eyes to what changes in us that we need to make so that we can serve and worship God better. Brokenness. We ought to be excited about it. We ought to be joyful about it. We ought to go, oh good, God's in the process of forming me and making me what he needs me to be so that I can accomplish what he wants me to accomplish for him. We shouldn't go at it going, Oh man, this stinks. This is stupid. Yeah, I'm sharing. I've been on both sides of this fence, okay? I'm just sharing you straight up front. I've been on both sides of this fence. And in my life, I've learned that it's so much better to say, yes, Lord, you're right. Now I want to share something with you about brokenness that maybe you didn't know. The whole entire book of Job remember Job is out there and he's considered, he considers himself a righteous man and the devil comes in front of God and says, what about Job? And God says, okay, you can do anything to him but take his life. Job lost his, <laughs> lost his kids. Job lost his money. Job lost his house. Job lost everything but a, <laughs> and I hate to say this, but a mean old wife that kept griping and complaining. He lost everything except the wife. In the very end of Job, I mean, I mean, he goes through all these boils and he goes through all this stuff. At the very end of Job, Job confesses his sins and God forgives them and then God renews everything that he lost. Everything that Job went through was to bring him to the point to make him realize, to help him understand That he wasn't as righteous as he thought he was. That there were sins that still needed to be cleaned up. And he said, Father, I need some cleaning here. (laughs) When we go through brokenness, and we will go through it. When we go through brokenness, we need to be looking for what God is trying to teach us take our eyes off ourselves and say, okay, God, what is it that you're trying to show me? What, What is it that you're trying to help me to accomplish? What's the one thing that I needed to be taken care of? Well, let me ask you a question. Even if you had to scrape the walls and replace the bricks and tear down your house and build another one, do you really want to live in a house With spirits of the devil running around in them. See, brokenness helps us to realize sometimes the chains we have tied to the world without even realizing it. Okay? The things we watch, the things we see, the things we hear, the things we do, all have chains on them. And if we're not careful, we can be chained to the world And away from God We have an enemy who wants to destroy us Who wants to kill us Who wants to keep us from God's blessings God sometimes Allows brokenness to happen into our lives So that we can break those chains And move forward And be more what God wants us to be So we can be free From the chains that bind us In this new year Go into the new year with the promises of God. Go into the new year knowing that God's going to be with you. God's going to love you. God's going to care for you. God's going to work everything out for your best. Know those promises. But don't be surprised if the promise has a twist and you go through brokenness. Don't be surprised if it doesn't work out the way you think it should. Because it will work out the way What? God wants it to. Okay? This morning, we're going to have the Lord's Supper. Before I do the Lord's Supper, I want you to think about something. He said, this is my body, which was broken for you. We do the Lord's Supper Recognizing that God went through the crucifixion. God went through all of that. God allowed himself to be broken for our sins. If God's willing to be broken, maybe brokenness isn't so bad. Maybe we can look forward to it. Okay, Lord, make me what you want me to be even if I don't understand it. Okay? Let's have a word of prayer, then we'll do the Lord's Supper. I definitely Father, Lord. I just want to thank you for this day. Lord, I want to thank you for what you're doing in my life and the life of this church. Lord, it is a blessing to be here. It is an honor to represent you in Jesus' name.